Hey, good morning, everybody, and thank you for coming together to learn this uh, Kolol Yom Rishon. Now, this is a special edition of the Kolol Yom Rishon. I mean, it's it's uh, part of the regular series of Kolol Yom Rishon, but it's special in that it is being sponsored by the Burak family, the Zecher Nishmas, Rav Aaron Burak, Zecher Tzadik Levracha, who was a Rosh Hashiva in our yeshiva for uh, for many decades. He passed away already uh, over 60 years ago, but uh, and sometimes uh, as time passes, uh, we forget about the great contributions that people, uh, that people have made. And Rabbi Burak was someone who was very involved in not only uh, uh, the Zionist causes and establishing, uh, helping to establish the Medina and, uh, and, uh, and support the Medina, but also in terms of uh, during the Holocaust in uh, trying to, uh, to stand up for European Jewry and to, uh, and to, to petition uh, FDR and, uh, and others to make sure that uh, to, to do something about what was happening to European Jewry at the time. Rabbi Burak was an outstanding Talmud Chacham, an outstanding uh, uh, um, speaker who was, uh, who was able to inspire people um, a great deal. And it is an honor to be able to, uh, to give the shir uh, in, his, uh, in his memory. So, uh, so the shir should be dedicated to Zecher Nishmas, Rabbi Burak Zecher Tzadik Levracha. Now, what I'd like to do for this shir is a little bit different than, uh, than probably what is typical on Kol Yom Rishon, but it's typical for what I do on Kol Yom Rishon. So, uh, so that's what we're going to do. And that is to, just to discuss a couple of shailas that came up over the course of the past week. Um, this is uh, part of a series that I give in Yeshiva called From the Rabbi's Desk, where uh, we discuss some of the shailas that have come up uh, recently. So uh, I'll go with two shailas that just came up over the past uh, few days, actually. Um, they sound somewhat unusual, but they each touch on major sugyas in Shas and are very, uh, and, 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 and in their own way, may be relevant beyond the actual Shaila that was uh, that was asked. So one Shaila I got was from a dear Talmud of mine, an old Talmud from my days teaching in DRS Yeshiva High School, and uh, he said that he was, now he's already, uh, you know, a married man with children and everything, and he told me that he had gone with his friends on a tuna fishing trip, meaning they he went on a boat and they went fishing for tuna, and his friend, he said, caught a gigantic tuna. Uh, in case I didn't believe him, he sent me a picture of the tuna that his friend caught. Um, for those who can uh, see, it's, it's, it's indeed a gigantic tuna. And, uh, and the, uh, the boatmate, who's that fellow there in the picture that you see, the bald-headed guy, uh, who's the non-Jew who was taking them on the boat, said, oh, you know, the minakailam is that when you catch a tuna, uh, your first big tuna, the, the halacha is, or the minig is, that you're supposed to rip out the heart of that tuna and eat it. Um, and uh, his friend turned to him, and, said, so the, and, and the guy cut off the head of the tuna, pulled out the heart, and gave it to this, uh, to this guy. And the guy sitting there with the heart of the tuna in his hand, uh, he was being instructed to eat it. So he turns to his friend, he said, is this mutter? And his friend said, I don't see why it wouldn't be mutter, meaning there's no din of shechita by, uh, by, by, uh, by, a, by, a, by a tuna, by a fish. There's no uh, isra of dam 
by a fish, so I don't see what the problem would be, and uh, the guy ate it. So now uh, the friend who advised him to eat it was feeling a little bit guilty that maybe you should have asked the Shaila first whether uh, it's mutter to, to do such a thing, whether it's mutter to eat the heart of a tuna. So that was Shaila number one. Strange, but uh, but an actual Shaila. Another Shaila that came up just before Shabbos, I got from two different uh, Rebbeim that teach in high school. And they told me, I didn't even understand the Shaila at first, I had to Google it, but uh, they told me that they overheard Talmidim of theirs, high school students, um, you know, modern Orthodox high school students, uh, that were talking about burning their Yeezys. I, I didn't know what a Yeezy was. Um, I thought it was a description of maybe some sort of like, God forbid, self-mutilation or something. I didn't know what burning a Yeezy uh, means, but uh, I looked it up. And Yeezys are apparently the name that they give for the sneakers or the shoes that are made by uh, by Kanye West. Uh, that Kanye West, who is uh, a, now a very famous anti-Semite, who spent the whole last week talking about the Jews and how terrible the Jews are and how the Jews control everything and therefore lost his contract with Adidas. But when he had that contract with Adidas, he had a very highly successful brand of shoes that he was... Um, that he lent his name to, and they're called Yeezys, and people associate these shoes with uh, with this person. So, uh, so the Talmudim were talking about whether they're allowed to burn their Yeezys. Um, is that a violation? Of, of two things. It's a double shayla. First of all, is it, the, the, their parents paid for these shoes? Their parents paid, according to uh, to my research, anywhere between two hundred dollars for the cheapest model, which is the five hundred to seven hundred V three to $585 for the most expensive model, which is the boot, is apparently the most expensive model of the of Yeezys. So uh, so the Shaila was, are they allowed to uh, to burn something that their parents uh, that their parents purchased for them, that their parents bought for them? Is that a problem for them to uh, to burn something? Uh, furthermore, is it a problem for them to burn something in general? Is it a violation of Baltashkis? We might get an echo in a second. One second. Um, yeah, sorry, I just wanted to switch to my computer. Okay, so uh, if you see me at a different angle right now, um, I just switched from my phone to my computer. So the Shaila is: um, Can they? Uh, can they? Are, are they allowed to burn something that their parents bought for them? That's something of value. It's still a very comfortable and useful shoe. It's just something that they would never wear again because it would be social suicide to wear it. Meaning this is. Uh, this is associated with an anti-Semite. So is there, and, and, and one child, one of the Talmudim said that his parents want him to burn his Yeezys, that they think it would be a great uh, statement about standing up for our religion and standing up for what we believe in. And they had requested that he burn his Yeezys. Now as Shaila is, is that like a parent asking you to do an Avera, where you're not allowed to commit an Avera of uh, like Baltashkis, or is that perfectly permissible to, uh, to do? So that is the second Shaila. So I realize a little unconventional, but I don't get to decide what Shailas people ask me. So these are the Shailas that people ask this week. So again, Shaila number one, about eating the heart of the tuna, and Shaila number two, about burning sneakers that parents uh, bought for a child. So uh, I think we're going to do a vote if anyone knows how to use the chat feature. So if you could just write either one or two in the chat feature, and whichever one uh, gets more votes is the one that we will uh, that we will do. So again, if you click on the chat feature, and either do one or two. One is about eating the heart out of the tuna. Two is about burning the Yeezys. The votes are coming in fast and furious.
face now. Okay, wonderful. Let's see. What do we have? One, one, two, one, two, 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 one, two. Oh, it's close. Oh my gosh. This is exciting. <laughs> um, I think there are more twos than there are ones. Let me just, can someone confirm that? Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Six, seven, eight. I think it's nine to eight. Uh, nine to eight vote. I think. Uh, I think. Okay. So we only have seventeen votes out of the fifty people on the Zoom. Okay. So uh, I'll assume that the silent, uh, the silent, those who have not voted, uh, either don't know how to use the chat feature or don't, uh, you know, or don't care. Are perfectly happy with either of these topics. So right now we have a nine to eight vote to talk about. Um, which one? Which one did I say? One? The second one? Burning the Yeezys? Yeah, I think uh, I think that was the second one that uh, that won the vote. Um, someone wrote over here: the kids will vote for great on Thursday. Well, on Thursday I'm not giving a share this week actually, so that's why I'm doing it now. Um, the uh, okay, so uh, so let's talk about this. So first of all, a little bit of Matthias about uh, about the Yeezys because I had to do um, I had to do a little bit of uh, of research to like I said to even know what we're talking about to even know what this is. So uh, after Kanye West tweeted anti-Semitic things and specifically said uh, that he can say whatever anti-Semitic things he wants and Adidas can't drop him, there was tremendous pressure on Adidas to do just that to drop their contract and their association with him. It took them a while, but ultimately they did. They dropped him, and in a statement they said, Adidas does not tolerate anti-Semitism and any other sort of hate speech. Uh, Yee's, I don't know how to pronounce it, he has a nickname, either Yi or Ye, I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. Um, Yee's, let's go with that, recent comments and uh, actions have been unacceptable, hateful, and dangerous, and they violate the company's values of diversity and inclusion, mutual respect and fairness. Um, the company happens I've been, it's an interesting, it's a German company. It was started by a fellow by the name of Adolf Dassler in his mother's house, and he was joined by his older brother, Rudolf Dassler, in 1924, and they, uh, they were originally called, in German, the Dassler Brothers Shoe Factory. Um, and they developed uh, spiked running shoes for uh, different athletic events. And to enhance the quality of the spiked athletic footwear, they transitioned from uh, from heavy metal spikes to using canvas and rubber, and it was a real innovation in shoemaking. And uh, Dassler persuaded U.S. sprinter Jesse Owens to use his handmade spikes at the 1936 Summer Olympics, and uh, you know that was a huge success for them. And 1949, there was a breakdown in the relationship between the two brothers, and Adolf broke off from Rudolf. So Adolf uh, Dassler started a company called Adidas, A-D for Adolf, A-D-I for Adolf, and D-A-S for Dassler is, uh, uh, you know, when I was a kid, we were always told Adidas stands for all day I dream about sports. Not true. It's a German company. That would never have been the, uh, you know, the, the base of it. It was really just a combination of the first and last name of the fellow who started this company. And his brother, Rudolf Dassler, started a different company, a competing company called Puma. So those are the two uh, very famous companies now that were started by these two German brothers. I do not know about the Brothers Association. You, know, you see stuff online that they were associated with the Nazi party and that they themselves were terrible anti-Semites. Um, and that's why maybe Adidas was 
was so slow to uh, to condemn Kanye West or whatever. I imagine that all, all of Adidas's uh, decisions were financial, and when they realized that they were going to lose money by their association rather than make money by their association, they uh, they dropped him. I, I don't know if they're still, uh, you know, based on their word, it doesn't seem that they're still an anti-Semitic company, and uh, I couldn't find anything online if they ever were an anti-Semitic company, although being German in that, uh, in that, that day and age, you know, is a reasonable chance. So really there are two Shilas over here. Shiloh number one is, do children own things that you buy for them? Meaning if I buy something that I have no plan on wearing, I don't even have the same shoe size as my children, um, so I'm not planning on wearing it. But uh, if I buy something for my children, uh, is my child the owner of it or am I the owner of it? And does it make a difference, by the way, if I am the same size as my child, then I could technically wear their clothing. Sometimes I might buy a tie for my child, and sometimes I need a tie, so I'll go into you know their closet and take a tie, you know, or they'll come into my closet and take a tie. Uh, Bliya and her, I'm blessed with four boys who are all roughly, uh, you know, give or take the same size. Uh, so we all have, uh, you know, we all have uh, uh, white shirts that we wear every Shabbos. I-, I-, I started putting my initials on my white shirts just so that I could have them, you know, so that my kids wouldn't steal them all the time. Um, so is there, uh, is, is, is there uh, a, uh, you know, my kids are like, it's not worth it, you're paying extra money to put your initials on. I'm like, I wouldn't have any shirts if I didn't put my initials on, because you're not going to wear a shirt with my initials. So, uh, but the, the Shaila is, do I, not do I own anything, but do they own anything? Meaning, do they own anything that I buy for them? And does it make a difference if they're over bar mitzvah or under bar mitzvah? And then a second Shiloh we need to deal with is, assuming that the child owns something, is there is a, a, an iser to destroy a perfectly useful item that you don't plan on using anymore? And even if there is an iser, is the fact that it's making a statement, that you're, 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 you're saying something by doing this, does that make it mutter? So let's start with who owns items that belong to a child. So typically speaking, um, a child is not able to be kona something unless there is a dasa that is makne to the child. Meaning the halacha is typically that if, let's say, a metzia, a child finds, the Gemara tells us, if a child finds a metzia on the ground and he picks it up, he is not the owner of that metzia. He is not really, he's not worth the child, meaning under barabas mitzvah. They are not the owner of that metzia because they don't have the capacity to make a kinyan. However, when there's a dasa cheres makna, when someone gives something to them, then they do have the capacity to make a kinyan. Now, there is a din midrabanan that if a child finds a metzia, someone else cannot just go and take it away from the child. That's a din midrabanan mishum darke shalom, that we're nervous that if we're going to tell a child now, when he finds a Metziah, that anyone else could just come and take it away from him because he has not really been Kona it yet, then uh, then then uh, it's going to cause a lot of animosity between people. The parents of the child are going to get upset. Why is this person taking stuff away from my kid, even though it didn't really belong to the kid? So Mishum Darke Shalom, they made a Din Midrabanon, that a Metziah, that a child picks up, is something that he's able to be Kona. But on a Daraisa level, it does not work. A Kenyan like that does not work. But when someone gives something to somebody else, well then a Kenyan actually does work. We give something to a child, a Kenyan actually does work. The question is, what about parents giving something to a child? So this comes up all the time. 
on uh, in in Hilchos Sukkah is uh, in Shulchan Aruch it comes up. The halacha is that on the first day of Sukkot the Dalin Minim have to be lachem. They have to belong to the person who is fulfilling the mitzvah. So let's say I don't buy a separate set of Dalin Minim for each of my children and I have them share my Dalin Minim. So uh, the Shulchan Aruch says one must be careful that when you are Yotzei the Mitzvah on the first day, make sure that you are Yotzei the Mitzvah first and only then provide Dalad Aminim to the to the child, because if you are not Yotzei the Mitzvah first, and you give it to the child first, so you are being makna to the child, you're giving it to him, he's able to be kona, because there's a das acheres makna, there's someone giving it to him, it will be lachem, and the child does not have the capacity to be makna it back to you, he doesn't have the ability, a child can be kona with the das acheres makna, but he cannot be makna to somebody else, he can't give it back to you, and therefore, the child will be Yotzei, you'll be Yotzei Chinuch, in terms of the child being Yotzei's mitzvah, but you're then not going to be able to be Yotzei your mitzvah, because it's not going to be Shalachem, it's not going to belong to you. And therefore, uh, the, uh, the the better thing to do is to be Yotzei the mitzvah first, and then give it to the uh, to the child. So uh, the, uh, the, the halacha is that any gifts uh, of items that are designated for use by children, like candies, toys, children's books, that are clearly meant to children and are given to them by anyone other than their own parents, they belong solely to the children, whether they're considered uh, minors or adults, doesn't make a difference, whether they're before or after Bar Bas Mitzvah. However, if parents give their child a gift, uh, even though the children are certainly allowed to use that gift, there is another halacha, and that is that whatever the child is kona belongs automatically to the parents. Whatever a child is kona uh, from uh, is is something that belongs to the to the parents, and therefore it remains in the ownership of the parents if the children were ketanim. But if the children are gedolim, then they are the owner of those of those gifts. There's an interesting discussion in Poskim, like what happens if, uh, if people give uh, bar mitzvah money to a child and parents paid money to make the kids bar mitzvah and they, uh, they were relying on the bar mitzvah money that the kid gets as gifts to help defray the cost of the bar mitzvah party itself. So are parents authorized to do that? Are they entitled to do that? Are they allowed to use the bar mitzvah money to pay for the child's uh, bar mitzvah? Meaning if someone gives something to the child, do we assume that it belongs to the parent or do we assume that it belongs to the child? But be that as, as, as it may, um, in our case it seems pretty clear. These kids are teenagers, they're over bar mitzvah, the parents gave it to them. These are things parents would not uh, wear, I assume, although uh, I mentioned this Shaila in my shul this past Shabbos, and someone came over to me and said, it's all I wear on my feet. These Yeezys are the most comfortable shoes. He said, whenever I see them for a cheap price, I buy them, I have like 10 pairs of them. Um, so, uh, so okay. Um, it could be that adults wear them as, as well. Uh, that, but when, a, when an adult buys cho- shoes for his children, I think the assumption is that it actually does belong to the child. So from that perspective, I don't think we really have a problem. Meaning from a perspective of stealing from a parent, I don't think we have that we have a problem. Now it could be a kibbut av situation that if a parent just spent five hundred dollars on a pair of shoes for a child, whether a parent should be spending five hundred dollars on a pair of shoes for a child, you know, uh, I'll leave that to each parent's cheshbon uh, and their own. Uh, parent. Maybe the kid finished shas or something, and uh, you know he deserved something something big. Although I've seen kids wearing these easy 
these. They don't all look like they finished Shas, but whatever the uh, you know reward the parents want to give the kid, you know that's their own decision. With if they want to buy five hundred dollars kids for their five hundred dollars shoes for their kids, but maybe it's a violation of kibbutzav, not not a violation of stealing. But the the father and mother who spend their hard earned money on buying something for the child may be uh, very upset to learn that the child is destroying the things that they bought. That could very well be that without a parent's permission, it may not be stealing from the parent, but it may be violation of uh, of kibbutzav if you don't have the parent's permission to uh, to do it. So then the question becomes: Okay, but what about the case where you have a child who said his parent? told him that they should do it. The parent was uh, all for it. He was all for the idea of, uh, of destroying the shoes. So now, now that the parent said, I'm all for it, so, so is it going to be mutter? So then it becomes a shayla of baltashlis. So again, there are really three parts to this, uh, to this shayla. We just discussed very briefly the first two. The third one we're going to dedicate a little bit more time to. The first part of the shayla is whether, the chi- whether it's a violation of stealing. Does the child own the shoes? And again, since we're talking about teenagers over here, could be even with younger kids, but certainly since we're talking about teenagers over here, it would seem that yes, the child does own the shoe. He is not stealing from his parents. Uh, the second uh, issue is, is it a violation of, of Kibbutz the aim? Without going too much into it, it might very well be a violation of Kibbutz aim if the parents do not want the child to destroy the shoes. Um, because that's a reasonable thing for a parent to be upset by, that they spend money on, uh, on a gift for the child and you're doing something that's going to upset them. Now, typically speaking, when it comes to personal choices in a child's life, it may not be governed by Kibbutz aim. Like, for example, Shulchan Aruch is explicit that if a parent says, I do not want you to marry a particular person, the child can say, well, I, I, I choose to marry this person, and the parent has no jurisdiction over that uh, decision. Um, and, and, and there is a discussion in postgame if a parent uh, insists that a child do something that doesn't provide the parent with any sort of reasonable, um, you know, any sort of reasonable uh, uh, benefit that it could be that it's not included in Kibbutz Aveim. Let's say a parent says, look, I would really love it if you, uh, if you would wear uh, blue ties every day instead of wearing uh, you know, different colored ties, just wear a blue tie every day. What does that have to do with the parents? It's got absolutely nothing to do with the parents. So there's a discussion in Postkin whether that would be included in Kibbutz Aveim. But this would seem to be included because it is a reasonable thing to say that it is upsetting to me that when I spend money on something and I show my... Uh, uh, willingness to spend that money on you, that you are then going to destroy it. But again, going into the third section of the shear about Baltashchis, let's assume that the parents have given permission. Now the question is, is it permissible to destroy something that is perfectly useful? Now this Shaila came up in earlier generations, uh, not about Yeezys, where uh, in earlier generations there was no such thing as Yeezys, but it came up in earlier generations in the context of Lagba Omer bonfires. Uh, that apparently it was a common practice that when they'd make Lagba Omer bonfires, people would throw clothing, perfectly useful, good clothing, 
into their Lagba Omer bonfires. So the question is, is that permissible? So let's take a step back and discuss, I guess this, you know, sort of Parshas Noach related, this Shaila, you know, Hashchasak, you know, the, the whole world was destroyed in, uh, in Parshas Noach, and now we're talking about uh, destroying destroying things, so it's somewhat uh, Parshas Noach related. The, the fish one would have been Parshas Noach related also. Fish, you know, they survived the Mabu, um, although they didn't survive this fishing trip. But, uh, but, but anyway, so let, let's get to the uh, to the, the discussion. Uh, the Torah tells us that you're not allowed to destroy uh, fruit-bearing trees when, uh, when, when we go and conquer a city of our enemies. The Torah says, Lo sashchis es eitza, ki mimenu sochal, lo sichros, ki adam eitza sada lovu mipanech v'matzar, rak eitza asher teida, ki lo eitza machalhu, oso sashchis. That one is only allowed to destroy a tree that is not an Eitz Machel. This is a Pasuk in Parsha Shoftim, um, Devarim, Perek, Perek Chaf. That one is not allowed to destroy a fruit-bearing tree. The Ramban, in his commentary on the Torah, on the spot, says, Shiz hira Torah, lo tashchis es Eitzah, lichrososom derech hashchasah, if there's no reason to destroy a perfectly viable good tree, don't do it. It's an Isra in the Torah. Sounds like the Ramban says, that destructive activity is Asr. The Chazal tell us in a, uh, in a Medrash, in Medrash Rabban, Parshas Truma, Parsha Lamed Hay, Chazal tell us, that the Torah is teaching us that when one builds a house and you need wood to build your house, do not use wood from a tree that was a fruit-bearing tree. That is not a proper way to build your house. Now, that is the issue of destroying a fruit-bearing tree, of cutting down a fruit-bearing tree. And that shaila comes up all the time. You know, people have a tree that's dumping rotten fruit all over their backyard and it's attracting all sorts of pests and animals and they want to know, can they cut down a tree? So that, that comes up all the time. That shaila comes up all the time. But here we're talking about a different kind of baltashkas, not baltashkas of a tree, but the baltashkas of, you know, when your mother told you that if you don't finish your vegetables, it's going to be baltashkas because it's uh, to throw out uh, perfectly good food is baltashkas. So that's the kind of baltashkas we're talking about now. Where does that baltashkas come from? So in the Sefer Achinuch on the spot, in Mitzvah Tov Kuf Chav Tes, the Sefer Achinuch writes, Kimoke Nichnas Tacha Zehalav Shalolasos Shum Hefsid. That included in this Isser is not to do anything destructive. Kigal Lisrov, Olukra Beged, Olishbarkli Levatala, to burn something, to tear clothing, to break Kalim for no reason. Look what he says burn or tear clothing or break something for no reason. Anything of that nature that's going to be destructive is going to be is going to be asr. The Rambam seems to say this way as well. The Rambam in Hilchos Malachim Umelchamos Paragvav Halachaches says you're not supposed to cut down a fruit bearing tree, and then in Halacha Yuni says Veloilanos Bilvad. Over below Sashkis. The Ram says you, throw, you destroy your food, you destroy your clothing, all of that is included in Baltashkis. Now, the Sefer Achinuch then goes on to explain 
And why? What's so terrible about this? Why is it that if I uh, don't eat all my Brussels sprouts and I throw them in the garbage, uh, Brussels sprouts tuck are a big tolaim issue, uh, just agav. So look into that before you eat Brussels sprouts. Uh, they also don't taste so good. But, uh, but before you, uh, when, when, you throw, when, you be, when you throw your extra vegetables into the garbage, why is it a, a, a violation of an iser? So says the Sefer HaChinuch, it's to teach us a musr that we should love that which is good and that which is useful and connect to it that's what Hasidim and Anshe Maisa do that we love good things we love positive things we shouldn't destroy even a little mustard seed unlike evil people wicked people who are destructive and do destructive things now there is a discussion in the postkin now the Yisra of Baltashkas of destroying the fruit bearing tree is certainly an Yisra Daraisa what about the Yisra of destroying uh, clothing is that an Yisra Daraisa or an Yisra Drabanan? From the Sefer Achinuch, it seems clear that it's Nisad Daraisa. The Smag says explicitly in, uh, in, in the, that that it's also uh, an Nisad Daraisa um, that uh, to to destroy other things. However, the Radvaz learns within the Shitas Harambam. The Radvaz is one of the commentaries on the side of the Rambam in uh, in 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 in, in uh, Hilchos Evel, where the Radvaz writes. Uh, that uh, in his commentary on the side of the Rambam, that it's only in Isramid Rabbanon, and that seems to also be the opinion of the Ben Ishchai. The Ben Ishchai has a Tshuva Sefer called Tshuva's Torah Lishma, where he has a number of Tshuvas in Simen Tav and Simen Tav Aleph about the topic of Baltashchis, and he seems to assume that it is only an Isramid Rabbanon. Good, so now we know that there is an Israel Baltashkis, it's at least an Israel, uh, when you destroy clothing, it's at least an Israel Midrabanan, perhaps even an Israel Da'oraisa. The Gemara mentions this din of Baltashkis in Meseches Babakama. The Gemara in Babakama and Daftzadi Aleph discusses the following. Let's say a person is so brokenhearted by the loss of a relative. Someone dies, and instead of just tearing Kriya on the begad that they're wearing, which is a halacha, and it's what you're supposed to do, they just tear everything. They tear all their begadim, uh, and they just start destroying everything that they have. Says the Gemara, that's a violation of Baltashtas. And the Gemara says that Kami uh, Yehei uh, how much fruit does a tree have to have to, to, to tell you not to cut it down if it has a particular amount of fruit? And the Gemara says, aside from the Yisr of, uh, that you have with cutting down fruit trees, there's a Sakana in cutting down fruit trees as, as well. Uh, but, but, the Gemara says, there is a heter that you're allowed to cut down a fruit tree. What does it mean? Rashi writes, if it's more valuable to use for the wood, then the fruits would be uh, a value. Meaning, if it's great, the greatest value of that tree is by using the wood and not the fruits, then you're allowed to cut down the tree. And the svar is very simple: that the whole isra baltashlus is not to be destructive. 
But if there's a greater value in destroying the item, there's this other value that this has, and it's a greater value, then that would outweigh the, va- the, the, the value that is being destroyed. So we go back to that Sefer HaChinuch, that the Isser is to be a destructive person. You're not being a destructive person if there's greater value with destroying it. Another heter, and each of these heterim are going to be important to uh, to recall. Another heter that that comes up in, when, when in the world in the issue of Baltashchis, it appears in Masecha Shabbos and Daf Kuf Chavtes. The Gemara talks about a number of Amoraim uh, that uh, that had Hakazas Adam. They did bloodletting, and uh, they after doing bloodletting, they were often very cold, so they would make a fire to warm them. And they would they would burn very expensive wood in this fire. And the Gemara says, How could you burn expensive wood in the fire? You should burn cheap wood in the fire. It's baltashchis. And the Gemara says, baltashchis to gufai adif. But the the baltashchis of one's body is a greater baltashchis than the baltashchis of the wood. And if they need to warm up, then even if it seems unreasonable to be throwing such expensive wood into the fire. But that's what they need in order to warm their bodies up. The baltashchis of one's body is better, is more important, is a higher um, value. And that appears elsewhere in Masech Shabbos as well. In Dav Kof Mem Amidbeiz, Amr Av Chista Haiman Da Efshalei Lemeichal Nahamad Dasaari Vachal Dchiti Kavar Mishum Baltashchis. The Gemara first says, if you can eat uh, bread made from barley flour, and instead you eat bread made from wheat flour, you're being wasteful. Why would you spend so much money on food? And the Gemara says, If you're able to drink beer, instead you drink wine, why would you uh, drink such expensive stuff? And the Gemara says, Love, Milsi. That's incorrect. Incorrect. If, uh, one of, if, if wheat bread is more healthy than barley bread, if wine is more healthy than beer, then it's not baltashchis. Because baltashchis to gufe adif. You know, I'm always amused a little bit when uh, you see someone like, they buy a dozen donuts, and they're stuffed to the gills, they're full, they just had a meal, and they had a donut or two for dessert, but there's still more left in the box. And they're like, but it's going to be baltashchis if I throw it out. No, 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 sir. It's going to be baltashchis if you eat it. Baltashchis de gufe adif. At a certain point, the baltashchis of one's body is a greater baltashchis than the baltashchis of the food. So that's a second uh, heter. Another heter appears in Mesechas Avodazara for, uh, for baltashchis Avodazara dafir alif. And that is when you are mashchis freit sorech. Um, the Gemara uh, talks about when they would, uh, the, the uh, Tosos actually over there talks about the, uh, the, uh, do, be, um, uh, um, doing something to, to animals that belong to a king, and the Gemara says, Mishum Baltashchis Leka, that destroying those animals is not a violation of Baltashchis, Tekivon to the Kvodo Shal Melech Osen Kain, Ein Kanash Ooh, if you're doing it for the Kavod of the Melech, then it's not called Ashkasa, even though, so this is the first time. It's inherently destructive, but but since someone is being honored by that, you're sending a message through that destruction. That's not baltashkas. So for those keeping score at home, we now have three heterim for baltashkas. Heter number one is in in the case where it's more value destroyed than it is when it's not destroyed. Heter number two for baltashkas is when it's baltashkas to gufe. That uh, that that baltashchis to gufe when there's a baltashchis 
to not destroy it. That by destroying it, you're saving a baltashkas of one's body. Neither of those heterim seem to be particularly relevant to our shayla. But heter number three, that if it's lekavra melech, that if it's sending a message that I'm honoring the melech, then that's uh, not a violation of hashchasa. The Rambam, uh, the Rambam writes in. Uh, in Hilchos Evel, Malamdid is in Hilchos Evel Parakia Dalid Halacha Chav Gimel. The Rambam writes um, that Malamdim es Haadam Shelo Yehei Chavlon Velo Yafsid es Hakelim Yashlichem Lechavala Mutav Lesitam Laaniim Vaal Yashlichem Lerima Vitolea Vekalamar Bekelim Alamais Over Below Tashkes. The Rambam writes in Hilchos Evel. Why is in Hilchos Evel? Because a lot of times people in their Avelos they just say. You know, when a person is struck with Avelos and they're struck with the just how, how meaningless uh, life seems and how fleeting everything seems, they, they're, they're likely to say, what do I need all this clothing for? What do I need all this stuff for? And they just throw it away and they just discard it. And they're not thinking clearly because they do need clothing, meaning at the end of the day, even though uh, ultimately the most meaningful thing is our neshama and what we do for our neshama, but we have physical needs as well. And sometimes people will throw everything into the kever and you might as well bury it all with the, uh, with the mace. And the Ram says, don't do that. That's an iser of Baltashkas to do that. And the Ramam says that if you don't want all of that clothing, give it to Aniyim. They want it. Give it to poor people. There are people that could benefit from that. So this Rambam is a critical Rambam in our sugya as well. Because even if there is some sort of statement that is being made when you burn your Yeezys or whatever uh, is uh, you know statement you're making against anti-Semitism, uh, uh, maybe it's inappropriate for you to wear. But I don't know. Goodwill. Give it to. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I want to give it to a Christian charity, but give it to uh, to to uh, to a charity that uh, you know that will provide for people in third world countries or something. That uh, you know the the. The, the kids that are wearing uh, the, the, the T-shirts that have the, the wrong World Series uh, winner on it, you know, they, they ship them off to some other country. So they'll wear your Yeezys also. Let them, uh, right, that's what the Rambam says. That just get, why, why destroy it if there are better options than, uh, than destroying it? Um, now, Rasik Pesach Frank, uh, who is the chief rabbi of Yerushalayim, um, was asked in his Chuvas Hartsvi, he's the great grandfather of former Y.U. Rosh Yeshiva, Rav Yonason Sachs, the current Rosh Yeshiva of Beis Medjel Talmud in Queens. Um, he was asked in his Chuvas Hartsvi whether you're allowed to cut an Eitz Machal that's still during the years of Orla, that's still during the time of Orla, um, because they wanted the, 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 the fruit tree was in the way of building a sukkah. And during the, the first three years, any fruit from the fruit tree is Asr Bahana anyway. So they wanted to know, can you cut down the tree? I can't even use the fruits anyway. They're all Asr Bahana. So am I allowed to cut down the tree? So Rasi Besak Frank in Achuva writes that the Torah only Asr's Derech Hashchasa Vikilkul. And he says that First hetter is, he says, that, uh, that it's not Derech Hashchasa. He had no use for the fruits anyway. Second hetter, he says, is that it's Lutzorich Mitzvah. It's for the sake of doing a mitzvah. And don't tell me, yeah, but uh, it's a mitzvah Baba Avera if I'm going to cut down the tree and for the sake of doing that mitzvah. No, no, no. The Avera is Derech Hashchasa. It's not called Derech Hashchasa if you're doing it Lutzorich Mitzvah. So now, this opens up two other potential heterim. Meaning, the first heter that C. Pesach Frank says is that if it has no value to you anyway, the, the parents have no value to you anyway, 
So over here, if a person has a sneaker or a shoe that they can't wear anyway, it would be socially irresponsible for them to wear a shoe that relates, you know, that people associate with this uh, terrible person, with this terrible anti-Semite. So they can't wear, they can't wear it anyway. They're, they're not going to wear it again anyway. So maybe it's something that has no value. It's like the payros of Arla on the tree. And if their parents specifically asked them to destroy it and said, I'll buy you different shoes, I don't want you wearing those, please destroy them. So maybe that's something that is considered the tzoruch mitzvah, the mitzvah of kibrav. If the parent didn't ask, then you don't have that heter of, uh, of Lutzaruch Mitzvah. There are other heterim of Baltashkas uh, that are not uh, directly related to our uh, Tower Subya, but uh, just to mention very briefly, in that Shuvah's Torah Lashma from the Benish Chai, he writes that Lutzaruch Mitzvah, there's no Isser, and in that context, he discusses the Sreifos that they made on Lagba Omer, the bonfires they would make on Lagba Omer, where they would burn Begadim on Lagba Omer. And he says that it's Mutter to do so, it's mutter to burn clothing in a Lagba Omer bonfire, somewhat surprising that he would say that, but he says mutter to, to burn clothing in Lagba, Lagba Omer bonfire because Lutzorich mitzvah it's mutter. Now what mitzvah is there to burn things in a Lagba Omer bonfire? He's not sure, but he says if that's the minag, there must be some Tzorich mitzvah. Meaning what, what, what you're getting from the Torah Lishma is you don't even need to be super clear on what exactly the Tzorich mitzvah is. If it seems like someone is doing something for a higher purpose, even if you cannot identify in particular what that mitzvah is, then that's not called derech hashchasa. Derech hashchasa means you're destroying to be destructive, and if you're not destroying be, to be destructive, you're destroying for some higher purpose, then that would be, that would qualify as litzorich mitzvah. So to 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 summarize, yes. Yes, uh, it's interesting what you're talking about, Lagba Omer. A number of years back, my husband was suffering from cancer. And at that time, my father, Al-Bashalom, was alive. And somebody from his shul said, we want that you should take a garment from your son-in-law, from your son-in-law, and we are going to Brooklyn, and we want to, we want to burn this. So we took something old from my husband, and they went to Brooklyn. It was a stormy, rainy night. I felt so bad. And they, they burnt it. They knew exactly where to go in Brooklyn with this bonfire. So I guess it's whatever. Thank God my husband is alive today. It could be tefillos. It could be different things that we could say, oh, thank God he's alive or whatever. But it was just the idea that these people had had my, my husband in mind and that they said that they... Even though the weather was bad, they, they, they insisted that they were going to go and, and do this for my for my husband. So, I mean, that's... Yeah. You know, Baruch Hashem, he's well. He should continue to be well. And now, Thank you. W- would that be Baltashkis is an interesting question. If one believes that they are not doing it, that there is some benefit to it, whether that's the reality or not. Uh, you know, I, I would probably choose to believe in that case that it was all the tefillos. That actually worked, but whether one one believes that, uh, uh, meaning whether w- regardless of, of what it is that actually helps, um, if one believes that they are doing something litoelis, it could be that that would mean that it's no longer derech hashchasa. I do want to make one last point, and that is that the Chazanish writes, and Rav Ozner also in the Tshuva writes 
that there is no baltashchis b'shevi altasa. Meaning, let's say uh, you have no use for clothing anymore, old clothing, out of style, they don't fit anymore, uh, shoes that you have no use for, you don't have space in your house for all this stuff. You don't want to become a hoarder where you have all the stuff in your house. You don't want your kids to have to deal with it. So the, 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 the postgim uh, write that you're allowed to throw it in the garbage. Because the Kevin Shayna Derek Lishtamish from Yosem Pamax ain't the next of the Maisashkaza. I mean that's talking about a different that since it's not normal to uh, to leave them around, you're not actually destroying them, you're just putting them somewhere else where they will become you know, they'll be thrown out. So really what you have over here is uh, is, is 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 three options. One is you can make a big deal and burn them. A uh, second option is you could choose not to burn them, but give them to people who uh, who who, uh, who could use uh, who could use a pair of shoes, who could use the tzedakah. And the third option that you have is that you could just throw them out without burning them. L'chora, uh, to even though there are heterim for baltashkas in some of these situations, when you think you're doing this for a toelis, it's not clear what the toelis is to make a video of yourself burning uh, Kanye West's shoes. It's not clear that there's any toelis in that, other than indulging your own self of uh, sense of self-importance on social media. Um, so I'm not really sure that there's really a toelis in that. So if one does not want to wear them, I would suggest you can give them to, uh, to to someone, to poor people, to some organization that will distribute them in some African country or something where it doesn't have any meaning whatsoever. Or you could just throw them out without uh, without, without without using them. Um, so, uh, so anyway, that, uh, my time is up. I thank you all for coming and learning with me this morning. And uh, everyone should stay and enjoy the uh, shear from Rabbi Blas Shlita.